You're listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network. Welcome back to Quiver the Green Arrow podcast for the eighth episode of season eight, Crisis on Infinite Earths, part four, uh, directed by Glenn Winter and written by uh, Marv Wolfman and Mark Guggenheim. Uh, I'm one of your hosts, Michael Cohen. And I'm your other host, Amanda Conkin. Uh, so although the intro is that we're, we're covering um, – the the part four episode of the crossover and we'll probably talk a lot about that episode specifically um this is really going to be we're going to we're going to talk about the whole crossover uh, it'd be really funny if we didn't it would be funny if we if we just ignored ignored the other four episodes the other four episodes and they're just like no we're just specifically talking about arrow but um so yeah we're not gonna do we're not going to do a, a, a recap, like a, a, a watch-along recap, as we normally would, um, because we are going to talk about all five episodes. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, like, this is your episode for that episode. Uh, to be honest, there's only about five, maybe ten minutes worth of conversation to have about the Arrow episode uh, in the crossover. It, it, it was very weird how hollow it was. Like how just entirely empty it was, but um, it's only weird if you don't consider the fact that this is the eighth season of a show, um, and it is the final season of the show, and they're working with the budget of an eighth season show, and not a third or fourth or fifth season show like they are with some of the other ones. Um, so, uh, or a first season uh, in the case of Batwoman. So. Um, well, like there was very little in the Batwoman episode too. They like barely were in Batwoman's world. For sure, for sure. But know. I'm just talking like like strictly budget because the yeah. way that these episodes have been structured um, from a from a production standpoint is that each one is an episode of its show, and it's that team that takes on the production of that episode. So right. when you get to the Arrow one, they didn't get. If they got extra money, um, we know where it went, and it went to one actor specifically who was slumming it for an episode for for a minute to show up for for what maybe forty five seconds, um, and then disappear into the ether, um, and that's where all the money went. And Mark Guggenheim literally said that in an interview oh, of like. Like, you'll notice that some of the fight scenes might not be as big as in previous crossovers, and that's because we opted to pay for all of the guest appearances <laughs> instead of putting that money into fight sequences um, and action sequences. And it definitely shows on screen. And I'm okay with that because I think that the most important thing this crossover did um, – I talked about this on the on the, the DCTV podcast crossover episode that we just, just – I actually – we just did the just finished, show. yeah. Um, but I talked about it there, and I said, like, I think unintentionally, what they ended up creating was this uh, sort of unifying sense of validity 
to all DC fans. It doesn't matter which show is your favorite show. Did they include Doom Patrol? Yeah, they included yeah. Do- so in 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 the the second half of the crossover, like the first half included stuff like Batman 1966 as well as Batman 89 and right. obviously, I mean like the the Brandon Routh Christopher Reeve Superman was included directly in the storyline, not just a cameo. Um like there were all sorts of of uh, Smallville got included in the story. Like they 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 basically, by making it the Infinite Earth storyline and going across the multiverse, we got to check in on all of these different Earths, which is really cool. Um, and in this second half, we we got uh, Doom Patrol, Titans. Uh, I, uh, man, what were what were some of the other ones? Uh, oh, we got like basically a peek at the upcoming Green Lantern show that's oh, going to yeah, be for HBO I Max, saw that. I right? Saw like, that. like there's just so like cool. it, it. It's really cool that they did that. Um, just from a fanboy, fangirl standpoint, it's a cool thing of like, oh, it's neat to see all this stuff. But I think more importantly, it's like if you watch the 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 Arrowverse shows, the CW stuff, or if you watch Titans, or if you watch Doom Patrol, or what I like the DC Universe stuff now, um, or you're a fan from back in the day, it like they they basically like I say inadvertently because I don't think that this was the goal, but I think that what they ended up doing was creating this sense of, I, uh, it's all. It's all DC. Right. Like, and, and I think then by having the DCEU be included in that, it really cements that of like, yeah, even the movies, right. like the movies aren't looking down on the TV shows. It's all DC. Everything yeah. is DC. This is all connected. <coughs> they might not share continuities, but they do but share they a multiverse. Yeah, which is, I don't know. I think that's really cool. And I will say that my favorite part of all the crossovers combined, and I, and it's just because, I mean, I will admit I am not watching the other episodes or the other shows, but it was the crossovers. Like, having Ezra Miller and having um, Lucifer, like, yeah. that was the coolest thing to me. To and me, the, like, yeah. there is this world of storytelling that is happening in DC. And as somebody who just with the Marvel universe being what it is and me always having more affinity for DC than I do for Marvel to see DC come together on this like little, like television network. I mean, I guess not little, but you know, like being like, Hey, but the, no, the, the they're the smallest like, of the major yeah. networks, right? Yeah, like the CW exactly. is the, is the, is sitting at the kitty table. Yeah. Right. Like, and, but, yeah. But them to like, be like, yo, you guys, we're telling like massive stories all over the place. We're everywhere. Yeah. And like, it's, it was just really cool for yeah. me to, to yeah. like see them come together and for them to finally acknowledge it because that yeah. I think is DC's like biggest downfall is that they hold these like huge superheroes so close to their chest that they like don't do anything cool with them. And so the fact that they could do that was to me, them finally like getting it. They get that we're fans and we love the stuff and it yeah. doesn't matter if it's the the million dollar stuff that's on the big screen or the like comic books that Vertigo is releasing, like the whole world everybody loves and it's like make it all make it all one. So yeah, I, I think I think what we're seeing now is the effect of of uh, Jeff Johns and Jim Lee mm. really being being put in charge of stuff over the last few years. Um, and I think I remember you saying that, like when Jeff Johns was like being put in charge, that he has that sort of 
understanding of the larger universe and how it all yeah. plays together. Well, he cares. He, ca- he yeah, cares yeah. in the same way that we care, right? Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, like, I, I think that I think that this is the payoff for moving away from it being, uh, 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 you know, uh, uh, writers who I, I think I think were maybe a little bit more reverent towards the comics um, in the past or or more importantly, people who weren't given the authority because executives were holding the keys um, and saying you can't have Superman exist in a TV show as well as a, a, a film franchise at the same time. Like, like it's like just sort of going like, Oh, Batman can't be on Smallville. We can't even have Bruce Wayne on Smallville because we've got these new dark Knight movies coming out. Right. right? So right. Uh, like Batman begins is coming out. So take that character who, what was his name? And when he was introduced, I think his name was Adam Hunt or something like that. Oh, on Smallville? Yeah, on Smallville. Uh, that uh, yeah. Ian Summerholder's character, right. who was 100% meant to be Bruce Wayne yes. in disguise, right? <laughs> like, like that was supposed to be the, like, mid-season twist is that, like, hey, my name's actually Bruce. Um, but instead they ended up going like, no, Lex Luthor is, or no, not Lex, uh, uh, Lionel Luthor is, is stealing his kidney. And it's like, wait, what, where, where is this coming from all of a sudden? Like, that's what that story ended up being. Yeah. Um, and then they just kind of wrote that character out of the season and moved on. Like it never happened. <laughs> um, and that's the world that we used to live in. And now we live in the world where I, I like Batman will show up on Batwoman at some point like we're like it, it it's been a fight just to get the mention of bruce wayne for reals um <laughs> right but you know like it, it'll get there like we'll get there i mean like the end of this crossover with the 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 uh hall of justice uh yeah. the super friends stuff and all that um i mean like like I, i'm kind of i'm actually kind of coming around to the idea of of batwoman in this in in the arrowverse i don't think i'm gonna watch the show but um it makes sense that she's there. That she I, yeah, it makes sense that, that she's like, there, right, and I like, do actually, I do actually like one of my favorite shots in the entirety of the whole thing is at the very end, we're seeing everybody in their little cliques, and yeah. we actually see Kate hanging out with, yeah. with Supergirl, with Kara, and yeah. uh, and and uh, Alex. Alex. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. Um, and I was like, for a second, I'm like, wait, why? And then I'm like, oh, wait, because they're Superman, Batman. They're the yeah. world's finest. Like, yeah. Yeah. it's the, that's what it's that's what we're supposed to be feeling with these two characters. Um, it's a little contrived, and they're kind of telling us more than showing us. Yeah. But but it's okay. Like, I'm 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 gonna allow them the room to to build that up uh, over over the next few years. Um, and I'm really hoping that the crossovers in the future will be. Uh, they won't be these m- mega crossovers, but instead they'll just be like, oh, Batgirl's going to be on this episode of Supergirl, or Supergirl's right. going to go over to Gotham for two episodes or something like that, right? Like they're just going to share storylines, right. um, and like a, a villain might might cross the path of an like. So in the way that like what we always say on Arrow is like, can't he just call Barry and solve this problem, <laughs> and to have them like now because everybody's all on the same earth for them to be able to say like, yeah, just call up one of the other yep. shows and, and like, let's, let's collaborate on a storyline. Um, 
Because if you I do that every once in a while, everybody will be fine with that. I, I liked that. I liked that weather witch thing at where yeah. he's like, "Oh, I'm sorry, that's one of mine," and then being like really confused about it. So it's it's good. Yeah. Um. Okay. So yeah, I mean, like honestly, I've I've mostly forgotten what the first half of the crossover was mm-hmm. before the break. Um. I guess what happened in it. Uh, Alder died, <laughs> dude. Yeah, the anti monitor started anti monitoring. That was happening during Arrow, though. Um, and the antimatter wave was taking out Earth, so they finally all came together, and then they fought Dementors. That honestly, I am so angry about that being the thing. Yeah, like it was like they just. It wasn't that they were even fighting the monitor or the anti-monitor. It was that they were fighting parademons. And I know that they're not parademons, but yeah. they're kind of they're parademons. Like, come yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. And like and then they weren't even that big a deal sometimes. Like sometimes they were terrible and sometimes they weren't. And sometimes like Osric's Chow's character could just punch them and and Supergirl was also fighting. Like, how did that make any yeah. sense? Yeah. That they're like, we're paragons. We have to fight them off. That's our purpose. I was like, no, it's not. What? How is it your purpose to fight these stupid demon things? I don't know. Everything about the demon <laughs> things made me mad. Yeah. And every time I saw them, there was like five. And I know that you liked the Legends episode. But I unfortunately, I think I went into it with too high hopes because you told me, you promised yeah, yeah, me yeah, yeah. that it would get better. <laughs> and so I was expecting it to get better. And instead, I was like, aside from the real campy, like, cool thing with Bebo and that magician, like, that was fun. But then I was like, no, they're fighting more stupid demons. And I'm just, like, rolling my eyes. Although, hey, I think it's cool. It, we, did we know Black Lightning was going to be on the crossover? Yeah. Like, was, was that oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. oh yeah. I totally, I didn't, I didn't realize that. So that, I mean, but that was cool. But I like I don't know. It was cool that they all came together. But honestly, I thought that Ollie as the Spectre was gonna get to do things more. <laughs> is he just like is he done? Like is he not in the last two episodes of Arrow? Well, he's not gonna be in the next episode because the next one's yeah. gonna be Green Arrow and the Canaries, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, like, I, there might be like a here's a video message for you right. from Beyond the Grave sort of thing. Um, but yeah, he won't be. Uh, uh, I think appearing in the story um, for the final episode. Honestly, I'm like, I, I don't, I don't really know. I imagine that the final episode is going to be the funeral, right? Like, cause he didn't really get a funeral funeral. I guess. So I, I imagine that's what that's gotta be. Cause the last episode's titled fade out. Okay. Um, we don't have, as far as I can tell, there's no episode description for, for fade out. Right. But um, it's just going to be a bunch of flashbacks and it's whatever. I mean, it's it's fine. It's just underwhelming for me. I wanted him to do more mm-hmm. or something. I don't know. It just seems like it's all like done. And he, he literally did just get killed by one of those demon things for like no reason. It was so unnecessary. I don't know. I just I still I still stand by the fact that I think his death was unnecessary. Like like in that moment, the stakes weren't there. That is what I mean. Like those demons meant yeah. nothing. Like yeah. they killed, they killed Oliver because they were there was too many of them. But there, but there weren't, and everybody else was saved. And why were they really needing to be saved? Because they didn't wind up saving the red thing anyway. I don't know. It's just, uh, anyways, whatever. I was. It, I feel like I was going to transition to something else instead. The the yeah. So uh, I, I was kind of trying to recap the 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 pre break. Yes. But so they they fought Dementors. Uh, around a big tower yes um that was supposed to stop 
something, but and then it stopped stopping the thing. Um, oh, to get to let the people on Kara's world go on Earth too, right? Okay. Yeah, right. and that's why Oliver dies because everybody else, everybody else retreats to to Earth One, but um, it's not Earth Two. What what Earth was their Earth? Ninety something, thirty seven, thirty eight, thirty eight. Yeah. Um, but Oliver stayed behind uh, because he knew uh, the the monitor says like he knew that every second that he continued to fight was another life saved, and right. it's like how many did he save? Well, two billion. He like his sacrifice saved two billion lives from being wiped out. Um, but then it was like, oh, this isn't what I foresaw. This is not how he was supposed to die. So we're, that's supposed to raise the stakes and put us into a thing of like, well, now even the monitor doesn't know what's going on. Um, but it really didn't matter because at the end of the day, it's like, well, we know that uh, everybody, it's just like, it's, this is all contrivance. It doesn't really matter. Um, but, uh, they, what do they do? They have to then like, they have to find the paragons. And so there are all of these clues to the paragons. So they go through all of these places and discover that it's actually most of the paragons are just them. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's like Shocking. i like no. I, I love the uh the the um the batwoman storyline of like her and kara go off and they they meet kevin conroy as future batman and yeah. uh and he's all like actually actually that batman's a really great example of like the sort of batman that's in titans which is a conversation that if you listen after the podcast you'll understand um Right, a good, a good Batman. Yeah, but uh, but he's like he's like a, a jerk Batman that kills people and stuff. Yeah. Um, I. And she goes there, and they're like, "Oh, how is this guy supposed to be? What is he supposed to be? The paragon of humanity? No, no, no humanity was human- Osric Chat was uh, Ryan Choi. Yeah. Um, what was she the paragon of? I don't remember. Courage, courage, courage. Yeah, and it's like oh, this broken man, and and then it was like, no, you were the paragon of courage all along. You just <laughs> had to find the courage inside, and it like it, there was just a lot of stuff like that. So upsetting. Um, so, I don't know everything about this crossover was upsetting to me. Yeah. Also, is Laurel just dead? Like, didn't the second Earth get wiped out? Earth two, like she died on Earth two, did she not? No, Am Laurel. I- Laurel was with us was with Oliver oh. like like bouncing around and stuff yeah because oh, she came back but then how did she die just when the earths all died which Laurel are you talking about are you talking about actual Laurel Lance or Dinah like uh not Dinah uh, but Black Siren yeah Black Siren yeah Black back. Siren's still around Black Siren nothing happened she just wasn't included in these episodes oh okay yeah yeah that's it that's all okay. <laughs> okay, good. I, there's just a lot of things happening yeah. that I didn't know which was real. Um, <laughs> yeah, so so they get to the point where they've got all the paragons, but then Lex Luthor is still alive, and then he screws things up because he gets the Book of Destiny. But then all of the worlds get destroyed. All of the, the, the multiverse gets destroyed by the Anti-Monitor. He wins. Um, and they end up at the vanishing point, which if you don't watch Legends of Tomorrow, you're like, the what? Yeah, it doesn't make sense. And they don't bother to explain it. They don't bother to explain why the vanishing point is in tatters. And it's like, I get it. It's comic books. So like, oh, there's all this stuff. And if you're not reading all the comics, but in the comic books, what they'll do is they'll put this thing called an editor's note, which is like, (laughs) so, you know, a character will say, 
oh, we're at the vanishing point, and then there will be an asterisk. And then you'll look down at the bottom of the page or in the bottom of the panel, and there will be an editor's note that tells you, I go check out issue number whatever of Legends of Tomorrow, and then you'll know what the vanishing point is, right? Like, like for more details, and then it'll be signed off by the editor, right? And so you'll know, like, oh, okay, if I go grab that issue, I can look it up. I can, I can figure out what this is. Whereas in this, it's like they're just like, oh, we're at the vanishing point. It's the place between outside time and space. And that was it. And it's like, actually, the vanishing point's a really big deal in season one of the the Legends of Tomorrow. And it's the place that Rip Hunter operates out of with his time. That's where the time ship comes from. Oh, wow. All of this stuff. Information that and, I it's, and it's just this debris field of wreckage because the legends blew it up at the end of season one. So like like that's all actually kind of important. Why are they in this garbage hole? Like I thought it was just like yeah that didn't make any sense. Okay. So yeah like if you're not watching that show you're like huh what? But if you did watch the show then you're like oh cool we're in the vanishing point. Um, but they end up there and then we come back in this episode of Arrow and uh, in part four of the crossover and they've been in the vanishing point for months. Um, or by their count months. I don't know how they're tracking time. There's no sun. Um, I guess somebody's just got to watch or maybe they're charging their phones or something. Um, (laughs) and they've basically got just enough resources to stay alive. Yeah. Somehow eating. What are they eating? Like their food in the vanishing point. You know what? It's just like the plot of the rise of Skywalker. We can't stop. We don't have time for questions. (laughs) Just ignore it. He's still alive. Okay. (laughs) There's no time. <laughs> Snoke is a clone or something. I don't know. It's just there's no time. Um, you've had your opportunity to watch Rise of Skywalker, by the way. I'm sorry if I spoiled that for you. I, I yeah. So w- there's no time. Barry's been gone for months. We don't know why. Um, but then all of a sudden he comes popping back out of the Speed Force, and they're like, "You've been gone for months." And he's like, "What? I've been gone for a second. Yeah, and they're like, uh, nope, because they're in the vanishing point. Time space don't work there. So he went into the speed force, but the speed force isn't there. And then Oliver shows up because, oh, we skipped over the part of the, the previous thing where okay. so Oliver died. So then Sarah's like, whatever, no big. We'll just go find a Lazarus pit. Well, we destroyed all the Lazarus pits. It's like on this earth we did. So they go to another earth and they try and go to the Lazarus, use a Lazarus pit there to go into purgatory. They don't go to any earth. They go to earth 666. They do. You're right. Fine, Lucifer. Yeah. (laughs) Um, They get to purgatory to bring his soul back because they bring his body back to life. But they need to bring his soul back to his body because Arrow um, and Lazarus pits and whatever. So they go into purgatory to, to pull him out. And they get there, and I—I uh, uh, is it Jim Corrigan? I want to say it's Jim Corrigan. Uh, I know it's Corrigan, but I can't remember if his first name. Oh, is Jim the or... oh yeah, the I don't know who it is. The—he's the Spectre. He's the original Spectre. Um, he shows up and is like, "No, nope, you can't be brought back to life. You gotta stay here with me because you're the Spectre." Um, and then uh, and then everybody else goes back and is like, "Oh, we couldn't bring Oliver back to life. What a bummer." Um, but then they're in the vanishing point Barry comes back he's like I can't I I was going to go through the speed force to try and like go back and stop this before it happened or I don't know some sort of flashpoint nonsense and Oliver is like you can't the speed force doesn't exist because the multiverse doesn't exist 
Uh, and then two seconds later, he goes, but I'm going to touch your forehead, and now you can. I mean, at least they acknowledged it by um, Barry saying, you just touched my forehead. Yeah. So I do... It was the only way that I thought that it was okay. Yeah, but it's it's just a little bit like like it's very stupid. It, it's not even so much the touching his forehead. It's just the like, the like speech about like yeah, the multiverse has been destroyed, so the speed force doesn't exist anymore. Um, so you can't go through the speed force to do this. And then a second later, he's like, "You got to go through the speed force to do this." <laughs> and you're like, "Wasn't didn't you just say like so?" The reason why he can now do it is because you said he can now do it. He didn't unlock his potential before. Yeah. So now he's he just unlocked his potential to go through the speed. I don't know. I feel like they were making up a lot of stuff. And I get that writers literally that's their job to make up things. But I feel like you know what I mean when I say that they were just making stuff up. Yeah. It's a it's, it's the like, difference between or, organic and inorganic storytelling. Yeah, right. Like, like yeah. When yeah. when Lex Luthor on Smallville becomes Lex Luthor, that's organic storytelling. Yeah. He starts off that series like, hey, Clark, you're my best friend. Don't ever keep a secret from me. <laughs> I don't like secrets. My dad's all about secrets. It's why we don't have a great relationship. Just don't do that and we'll be golden. And then Clark's like, cool, 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 cool. Yeah, yeah, I don't have any secrets. Um, and then he becomes a villain because guess what? Clark kept all the secrets. I oh, so good. Don't talk about Smallville. It's so good. But yeah. Yeah. But that, but the, the point being that that's a great, uh, villain's journey. Yeah. Right. Um, because it's organic and it comes out. I mean, like later on, it's like, by the time that he's become the actual villain, you're like, can he just be a bad guy? Can we stop? Can we yeah. stop dancing around the fact that he's a bad guy? Yeah. Um, but I, I, with, with, Something like this, it's just like it's just a straight up contrivance of mm-hmm. like, why does it work? Well, because we said so. <laughs> the the um, I I worked with a designer once who I I they they when questioned why they made a design decision, um, their retort was because the design dictates it, oh. and that as a designer is the worst possible thing you can say to another designer because it's like, cause if I'm asking the question and it wasn't actually me asking the question, but if I'm asking that question or another designer is asking that question, it's because we're trying to understand what your motivation was for, for yeah. making a choice. Right. Yeah. And for, for you to come back and say, I, I made that choice in the design because the design dictates it is the equivalent of writing in an, in an episode like this why can he now run through the speed force when you just said a second ago that he couldn't it's because I said that he could. Right. It's like, yeah. okay. I understand that the specter has phenomenal cosmic powers, but like, can I get a, can I get an eensy teensy weensy beensy bit more than that? Um, but yeah, it's like, like, you know, like, it's not much. It wouldn't take much to, to get me on board with the idea. You just have to say something like there are still echoes of the multiverse out there. Right. Or First of all, don't say that the speed force is gone because the multi force, the multiverse is gone. Like okay. tell me that the speed force is some, something outside of time and space because that's what we understand it as. Right. right. That's why he's able to travel through time and space. With the speed force, right? Because it's like a super highway that connects points in time. So it's outside of time already. So if Oliver had been like, 
Like, no, Barry, you can't just run back in time. It's not that simple. Right. You need to, like, you need to, to be, be better than that. Like, you gotta, there's, there's another element to this because it's not, because the physical locations don't exist anymore, but their echoes in time still do or something like that. And then to go like, I'm going to give you the ability now to do that, but be careful because this is the most dangerous thing you've ever done, right? Like, like don't run too fast. You'll tear yourself apart. Don't interact with the wrong thing. You could do more damage than good, right? Um, like, like actually give us some stakes to it and not just tell us that like, I'm going to give you a really vague MacGuffin and you're going to go MacGuffin it. Okay. And so then he does. And then we spend the next half of the episode uh, with Barry running through points in time where Oliver met other characters, mm-hmm. I guess, even though Oliver's not in all the scenes, but it, like, it's, it's just, it's really confusing. That I didn't get. I'm like, why are you going to these scenes that don't even have, the people in it that you want to talk, like, I don't know. I didn't understand the logic. Actually, here's the thing, too. You can use whatever space magic you want to use, yeah. but your space magic has to have rules. Yeah. That's the only thing I ask. You can do whatever you want to do, but make your magic have rules. And then I'll believe it. Yeah. And I don't care if you're like, oh, yeah, anyways. that's That, I think, is one of the biggest, the biggest things, I the biggest issues I always have with this series yeah. is, like, do you get your own rules or are you just making them up as you go because you needed to make a different choice because of like casting restrictions or budget restrictions or yeah. like, and then if you have budget restrictions, like make it in a creative way that still works with the story. Like, I don't know. Well, that's, that's always the thing is that is like, I, I am of the, the, the school of thought that when you're put inside a box uh, and budget is usually that box, mm-hmm. then that's when you got to get, creative and if you give me a blank piece of paper and and don't tell me what to draw i'll sit and i'll stare at that blank piece of paper for so long before i'll start drawing something right but if you say when i do inktober every october is a really good example i start every day of inktober with a prompt and it's just a single word and it might just be smoke right right and so i'll go okay smoke uh, what am I going to do? Well, I could draw a dragon. Right. And so now, I'm, but now I'm like working within that constraint of, of that verbal prompt. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so that, that gives me somewhere to begin and something to work with and something to work inside of. And that's where I got to go. Okay. Now I, now I need to be creative and do something cool. Yeah. But I find that on arrow, uh, so much of the time it's like, we're going to, we've written ourselves into a corner how are we going to get out of this? Well, we wrote ourselves into the corner. Let's just write ourselves out. <laughs> and it's not like write ourselves out in a clever way. It's like, no, 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 we'll just, if we wrote a thing that says that this is what happened, we will just write a thing to undo that. <laughs> and not even in a deus ex machina way, but just in a, just in a, and then a thing happened <laughs> and everything is fine now. Um, yeah. And it, it, it does drive me nuts. Because this whole episode, that's what it is. Like, because then later on, like they, he rescues all the paragons, uh, except for the ones that went back to the beginning of time to talk to Marnovu, 
to tell him. Who just disappears? Like, where the hell does Marnovo even go? Yeah, they go back to tell him not to do the thing, but then it doesn't matter because they end up at the beginning of time. And Anti-Monitor is like, doesn't matter. You stopped that Marnovu from that Earth, but there will always be... It's inevitable that there will always be a Marnovu who pushes beyond and and awakens the anti-monitor like it's just it's like it's gonna happen so you gotta fight me so they go okay well we'll fight you then so they go to fight him and and he's like oh i got demons uh so then they have to fight clouds um they yell a bunch of stuff it's not there's not really a lot of fighting there's a lot of punching and yelling of like you're a demon i don't like you and okay how is lex luther important why did he become so important like i guess is he like a big deal on supergirl or something like i guess he probably is he is he is a big deal on supergirl but But also in crisis on infinite earths there's an element of it that lex when he realizes that there's a multiverse because of what's happening he gathers together all of the lex luthers oh there's also a good Lex Luthor. Alexander Luther is from one of these uh, one of, he's from the earth that the the um oh what are they called? I can't believe I'm blanking on this. But I uh, Ultraman and Owlman and like the the evil versions of the Justice League. Oh. He's from that earth yeah. where he, like he's everybody else's villains and he's a good guy. He leads the resistance against them. Um cool. but they end up like in order to stop the anti-monitor one of the things that happens is that they're like the council of luthers or whatever um because lex thinks that he's the most brilliant genius in all of the multiverse so how do you solve a problem you gather together all of the most evil geniuses in the multiverse to solve the problem which would have been really cool had they gotten Michael Rosenbaum signed on and if they could have gotten like, yeah. I I like, if if only Kevin Spacey wasn't a horrible horrible human being that doesn't deserve to even be named mm-hmm. I you know like if we I, right, yeah if you actually had and, him yeah we could have grabbed they could have grabbed Lex from Lois and Clark Yeah just I I I can't remember the name of that actor I, I know the dude I know the face I can though. see his face but yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah I mean like they could they could have grabbed uh, and they could have grabbed Clancy Brown and just been like we're just gonna shave your head and you're just gonna even though you're the animated one we're just gonna pretend that you're also a live action one cool with that and everybody would have yeah. been like yes of course you did it with Kevin Conroy do it um, yeah. so they could have done something like that and I thought they were going to but. Um, but but they didn't. So instead, he just wrote his, that he has superpowers into the into the the book of destiny. Um, okay. I think maybe then I that makes me feel better that there's like a real connection with Lex and in in the crises. Yeah, like in the crises. yeah. Because, he's supposed yeah. to be important to crisis. Yeah. Okay. Um, crises is a yeah. word that just made up. <laughs> so I I. Sorry. Oliver shows up to help them fight the anti-monitor because he's the specter. And so they, um, again, the, the, the paragons are all fighting Dementors and Harry and Voldemort are (laughs) up on the ridge shooting beams at, at each other that are meeting in the middle and turning into liquid. Um, and it's like, I get it. It's really cool in Harry Potter. That's one of my favorite things from the Harry Potter movies, actually, is when 
when you when Harry and and Voldemort are using the the wands that oppose each other, and um and it just hits in the middle and like drops like magic lava basically it's like it's like magic napalm coming off of the point where they where they make contact I was like oh that's such a cool visual um that doesn't give you the right to just rip it off for your thing <laughs> right like that would be like if somebody showed up in in a random sci-fi property and was like I have a laser sword you'd be <laughs> like no that's a lightsaber and you're just copying Star Wars um Basically. But anyways, that's what's happening. And uh, at some point, Supergirl is like, wait, I figured it out. I know what we need to do in order to stop. Because it just, their fight, the fight between Anti-Monitor and Spectre just turns into a big beam shooting <laughs> into space. Um, right. And and she's like, I know how we fix this. We focus <laughs> that's literally what she says i'm not paraphrasing or making fun of that's just no, literally what she says we need yeah. to focus and then somebody goes what do we focus on and then she like basically names off their care bear stare powers <laughs> and they line up and i'm sitting there going like okay so they're all gonna hold hands and then all of then like beams of light are going to come out of them, probably in different colors. And it would be really cool if they kind of actually sync those up with the green lantern, like with the lantern colors. Right. Because they're, they're not one to one connections, but there is like uh, 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 hope is one of them. And that's Supergirl right. and there's like hope and love and courage and humanity or whatever. Right. Like it could it could have been close enough that if they had done it, I would have been like. <laughs> That's definitely a Green Lantern reference. Instead, because they ran out of money, because they had to pay Ezra Miller uh, mm-hmm. and the cast of Titans and Doom Patrol, um, instead of that, what we got was them standing next to each other and looking at what was happening. <laughs> yeah, that was weird. It was and, weird. I was like, surely this isn't the end of the episode. Yeah, and then it, and then it just stops. Yep. Like that just that just works, yep. And then a big portal thing opens up, and they're like, "Oh no, we lost. We 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 didn't win," and and the and Oliver is dead, and it's like, "Oh no, what are we gonna do?" And it's like, "No, you did. Like the, you guys did win. That's you're at the beginning of time. That's the universe making itself." Yep. And so that's how the episode ends. Is like, "Oh, and then the universe makes and Oliver narrates it or whatever." And you're left going, I'm sorry, was that, was that actually how this, how this ends? Like, what's the next episode going to be about? Because um, we know that there's a part five to the, to the crisis story. Yeah, that was the weirdest thing for me, was me being like, what are they going to do in the next one? Yeah. Um, and to me, it's like they figured out that, like, well, our last episode's going to be Legends, and we're going to use that episode to establish Earth Prime as a thing and we're going to explain all of the earths and 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 the new status quo and that everybody's all on the same earth which also by the way i was right but whatever i for all the doubters out there i so i think they then reverse engineered this episode and went so i guess what has to happen is this 
And like, granted, like they fight the anti-monitor multiple times in the comics and think that they've defeated him. And then he comes back and it's a whole thing. So that's consistent with the comics as well. But just because the comics did it doesn't mean it was a good idea. And I, I think like that's kind of the tagline for Crisis on Infinite Earths on the, for the Arrowverse Crisis is like just because the comics did it doesn't mean it was a good idea. <laughs> there was a way to do this storyline and to actually make all of this make sense, but they opted instead to uh, to spend their money on on cameos, right? Um, which, as I said before, I think has a net positive, and I think it was worthwhile. It's no worse than last season's crossover, uh, which I also didn't particularly like. I thought it was which really Which one was it? Flimsy. Was it the really, it was really unmemorable. Oh, it was the book. God. It was yeah, the Book no, of I Destiny, and it's like each episode was totally disjointed and didn't. And that was the one where the legends were like, we're going to set this one up. We're just, right. we're just not going to cross over this year. Right. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, which they continued in this in this episode where they're like oh crossovers ugh gross (laughs) i just love it i love how much they're just like they're like we don't we don't we don't cotton to any of this nonsense (laughs) i i yeah um but yeah so like i feel like they kind of they went like well we got to reverse engineer the end of this story and then somebody went well it's arrow and technically, it's the episode where Oliver Queen dies for reals, even though we already killed him two episodes ago um, on somebody else's show, which was a weird choice. Yeah. So, we, so we're going to kill him again because this is his <laughs> show. So, okay. So if we're going to if we're going to if we're going to kill him in this one and not in the actual last episode of Arrow, <laughs> then should we make this a clip show? It's like, yeah, but like, let's do it like Back to the Future 2 style where we're seeing it from a different angle. Okay, cool. But like Oliver didn't have a beard in any of those scenes in any of that past stuff. How are we going to deal with that? We're just not. (laughs) Okay. Right. Like, (laughs) it was just, to me, it just felt so much like, like the arrow eps were like does it really matter like nobody's watching the show (laughs) uh we're just gonna wrap this up because like the important part of this crisis stuff is that we're we're fixing the continuity error the and and the mistake of setting supergirl and black lightning on different earths right Right. It was it it seemed like a good idea at the time because Supergirl was on CBS and then Black Lightning was such a different type of content in its first season. But now we're realizing it's actually stronger for all of these characters because now that they're all on the CW together, it makes more sense for everybody to be together. Let's use Crisis in order to right that wrong, because that's literally the end of the comics is that like the multiverse is destroyed and we're left with one Earth at the end of, of the comic book crisis on infinite earth. And then we start the post crisis era, which was the era up until new 52. So, um, and then at some point in that they established like, no, there's 52 earths. There's not infinite earth. There's just 52. So it was always kind of in the cards that that's where this was going to go. The second that they said last year, we're going to do crisis on infinite earth. It was like, okay, cool. That's where you're driving at. That's what you're going to do. And then we're going to end Arrow. Okay, so, like, I there there's a cool element here of, like, Oliver is the bridge to that. He, like, 
Arrow started this 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 version of the multiverse. So for Oliver's sacrifice to be the thing that creates the new multiverse is a like there's a really cool poetry in that writing. So they so they nailed that. Like I want to give them credit and say like you did it. You 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 pulled that off. Um you kind of cheated to get there by <laughs> just by just doing it and not really earning it, but whatever, it's Arrow, that's par for the course since season 3. Right? Like like why is Green Arrow fighting Ra's al Ghul? Uh, because we're not allowed to have a Batman show. Oh, okay, cool. Uh, th- that doesn't make any sense, but all right, fine. Sure. Uh, and now, especially in a world where like Batman exists on this on that Earth, um, like, and I'm talking pre-crisis Arrowverse. It's so confusing. Uh, <laughs> like, needlessly confusing. But because uh, there's pre-crisis comics, and now there's pre-crisis Arrowverse as well. Um, and in pre-crisis Arrowverse, Batman still existed. He was just a myth that we never talked about. And Ra's al Ghul never mentioned. Um, right. Actually, now that I think about it, I think there might have been like an Easter egg of him sort of like saying something. Um, there's, Yeah, I feel like there's something somewhere, but I don't remember. Yeah, I don't know. Well, there was definitely something in... Uh, in the flash in like season one or season two where somebody said like, Oh, I've seen, maybe it was actually in one of the, in the first crossover, something about like I've seen men of steel broken and dark Knights fall or something like that. Um, right. Yeah. I, I don't remember what that was, but I, any case, I, I, yeah, like it, it's par for the course for arrow. Like, like, um, uh, I was I was saying I don't remember if I said this on the the live stream or if I said it before it started because somebody said oh like uh, uh, I think it was Andy was saying something about like oh you, you you know you don't like Arrow and I was like no no I love Arrow that's the problem is that I do genuinely love the first two seasons of Arrow I think it's great television it's just that almost every season after that has been a bit of a betrayal of what of the promise of that. <laughs> of those first two seasons. Um, and like, you know, it's ups and downs, but it never reached back as high as, as season two. Um, so it's like, you know, like I said, this is part for part for the course for, for where we've been at. But, but then we go into the, into the, the legends episode. And I personally think it's one of the best hours of TV, uh, in, in the Arrowverse. Um, because it just like, it, it just didn't, care how stupid the whole concept was and to me it's like that's such a perfect way to end this whole thing is like if it had been um if it had been arrow we would have spent 44 minutes being all sullen and crying about the fact that oliver's dead but because it was legends we got to do that we got we got to be sad about oliver being dead and actually I think because of the balance of it, we actually felt that that impact way more when we get to the point where where Sarah and it's really Sarah's episode, which is one of the things that I loved about it. That's and honestly, that's probably why it is one of my favorite hours, because Sarah is, I think, actually my favorite character in the Arrowverse. Um, And it's like it's it's her story. 
Right. Uh, everybody else is integral to it and defeating the anti-monitor again and all that stuff and fighting shadow demons again. But it, it, thematically, it's her through line because it's her show. She's the lead on Legends of Tomorrow. Um, Which, and I do like, like those moments. And it, it's sort of why I asked about the Laurel thing a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like the, like I get that she's Black Siren and she's not really Laurel. But like the, that like, well, because I guess because what she was saying was true, where she was like, "Nothing tethers me to who I was before yeah. I became this captain or this person." Yeah. And it and I was realizing just how how sort of true that was for her, and and that that is that what you're saying is right. Like I, I think it's just because I'm not watching Legends that I don't understand how yeah. integral Sarah is to the universe, and that she's been there since like day one. So. Yeah, I mean, she leads that team, right? Yeah. Like, like it was in in season one, it was established that like, oh, Rip Hunter is the leader. Um, but very quickly you learn that like, we don't trust rip. Um, he's actually not a great guy. We shouldn't trust him. We probably shouldn't even like him that much. And Sarah is the one who takes charge and goes like, Hey, you know, just because that guy's an idiot doesn't mean that we can't do what he, he gathered us together to do. Right. Right. And then in season two, she takes the reins from him and basically says like, you're not the captain of the wave rider anymore. Um, and then the rest of the, the crew is like, no, Sarah, you are like, and, and, and she's grown into that character. The arc of that character over the seasons of legends has actually, I think been something that that's been done really, really well. Um, and like I said, like that show earns it's like saccharine sweet moments. And it's, it's, um, like, like sort of somber mellow moments because, the rest of the time we're having fun. So like, so you genuinely love the characters on that show. Like there, there are characters on legends that I have definitely liked less than other characters, but I've never kind of like despised a character like I have on some of the (laughs) other shows um, where I'm like, this show would be so much better off without that person. And the other element of it is that like, they, they, they rotate that cast on a regular basis. Like somebody is always out every season and somebody new comes in. Right. Um, and, and the, the remember that the, the last time that legends was included in the crossover was the earth X crossover. And my favorite episode of that one was also the legends episode. Cause it was the one where, where uh, uh, Victor Garber's half of firestorm died and it was done so well and it was like it was handled so beautifully yeah um and that was really cool i remember not even watching legends at that point and really enjoying that and still connecting right and still connecting to what was happening in that and it was yeah it was really well so to me like this was really similar but because um it's, it's sarah i mean like sarah was in love with Oliver at one point in time. Right. So for him to die is a really big deal for her. It's her show. So we're going to deal with that with her. And we're also going to, through that lens deal with, uh, with Diggle, uh, uh, man, wild dog. Why can't I think of his name? Oh, no, don't do this, Renee. Renee, thank you. Um, all I could think was Rory because there's the joke where they're right, like, "Oh, we used to have a Rory on our team." Which I was so like, "Yes, you did." Yeah. Bring back Rory. Um, yeah, and Dinah, right? Like, so we got that moment with 
with the four of those characters who were all like, we've, like everybody's been through so much, they've lost so many people, but it kind of always felt like Oliver would always be there. Right. And for her to come in and she's like, she's like, no, wait, 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 wait. Everything's different now. It's the, 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 the earth's emerged. Maybe Oliver's here and we just haven't found him yet. And then we get the off, off screen help from, uh, from Felicity, which I thought was funny of like, no, we already called Felicity. She ran a scan. It's not happening. Um, But also like, I'm real confused as to whether or not, like, is the world still happening the same way that it happened beforehand where Oliver did just disappear and Felicity is raising a kid in the forest and then wherever she goes at the end of it is to where? To yes. the anti-monitors, Spectre You'll, thing? Like we'll, all that stuff. we'll get those answers next week uh, in the in the Green Arrow and the Black Canaries episode. Um, but if you watch the trailer for next week's episode, it's all in there already. That, right. that yes, he did disappear. She did grow up without him. Um but that version of Mia never came back to the past because it's actually a different future. It's not, it's not the dystopian future from last season. It's a, it's a different future that she's grown up into um, because the characters are aware of that dark future because of them coming back. So it's a time travel paradox thing, but then, um, but then she's going to be given back all of her memories of it. So, Right. she'll actually like she'll have her memories as that character but then all of the memories of the character that we got to know over the last season and a half so it'll be a it's a comic booky thing of like she's an amalgam of of both um mm-hmm. and that's that's like the the beginning of the of the 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 pilot basically the backdoor pilot so um like all of that will be handled next week and we'll know a little bit more of it but i'm sure that there will probably be some mystery still left because they want to make a show uh (laughs) but but that moment that moment with those characters i just like like with diggle especially when he's like when they're like no he's gone like he's gone gone we we checked this it's right he's not he doesn't exist it's not happening and then Diggle is like, he died. He died twice, and, and I, I wasn't, wasn't there, there both, both times. Yeah, it was like, and and I just I I like that they really brought that through line. They kind of not created it in this season, but they really like cemented it this season with the thing of like, I was hired to be your bodyguard, right? And but I can't protect you, sort of thing. It's like it's my job to make sure that you're safe. Uh, and, uh, and, and, and when he says, oh, man, I'm like getting emotional talking about it yeah. when he says to her, like he was my brother and, and it's like Sarah and dig are the only ones who were kind of there from the beginning that are in this scene. Right. So like everybody else has died or left and she's like, I know dig, I know. And it was just like. It, there was just this great moment between the two of them and Dinah didn't even really say anything. She didn't really, she had like maybe two or three lines, um, in the whole episode, I think, but her, uh, uh, uh Juliana Harkavy's performance in this episode without really saying that much, but just being there was so good and sold the, like, like just there. It, they weren't sad because he's dead. They were almost, it, it felt like everybody was kind of sad because there was nothing they could do about it. Yeah. They're superheroes and what they're supposed to do is stop this sort of thing from happening. And they couldn't when it kind of mattered most to them. 
um, like all the people that they've saved and they couldn't save Oliver. Like, so I, I don't know. Like I, I really liked that. It's funny that it happens in a legends episode and not in the arrow episode. And I yeah. don't think that the next, like, I think black arrow and the uh, black arrow, green arrow and the black canaries and the, I keep saying black canaries, green arrow and the canaries yeah, yeah. is going to deal with something else entirely. It's setting up a new show. Yeah. And then fade out is going to be something else entirely. So we're not going to get that moment right. in arrow. So it's going to be really funny for people who aren't caught up and that are going to watch this on streaming platforms next year oh, or weird. later this year. Yeah, I guess so. And they're going to go through <laughs> and they're not going to get that moment of closure right. with the character who means the most to Oliver's journey. And that's Diggle. Like, it's so funny to me. It's like, you know, you got to be watching Legends in order for that to happen. <laughs> but I th- they give them a pretty good hint by naming the episode Crisis on Infinite Earths Part 4. Yeah, and you're like, so... whoa, 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 where's Part 1 through 3? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then it'll make people look at it. I really yeah. hope so. Yeah, that would but be uh, yeah, it, it'll be funny when people hit this podcast episode in a year. Um, and they're like... Oh, okay. I gotta go watch Legends now. Watch other things. We'll get an email from someone in a year or two years or three years. I'll be like, "Thank you for explaining why I was so confused." (laughs) Like, yeah, no problem. Um, Although it would be pretty hard to not notice that, like, because everything this season is the lead up to the the crossover. But yeah, yeah, I don't know. Do is that I have talked so much on this episode. You have. Well, I mean, I really appreciate you for doing all of the, like, recap stuff. Because yeah. in my brain, I just sort of am, like, only remembering partial partial things. Um, I was really stoked. So I really like Mick's character. Like, yeah. so his name is Mick Rory or Rory Mick? It's Mick Rory. Mick Rory. Mick Rory, yeah. Okay, cool. Anyways, um, that's really cool. Like, the, like, they did, they hinted at it last, wait, like, his, like, romance novel thing that he yeah. does, which is really cool. But I'm, I mean, just because I shameless plug all the time, but I'm really stoked that the, the woman that was getting her book signed is Pam Kearns, and she's, um, she was one of the voices in the short film that I'm doing and going to film festivals this oh, year with. Awesome. So it was, like, really cool to be, for me to be like, yay, Pam. Um, so anyways. I, I, I want to shout out that moment in the episode because she gets up, to the front and she's like oh rebecca is so it's such a uh, a, a thrill to meet you and she's yeah. like what 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 should i call you and mick who is the most uh toxic masculinity poster child character in the arrowverse goes yeah. like you can call me rebecca yeah because so, because like in his mind he's like he is like that's the pseudonym yeah. that he created it was a whole thing over over the, the really? last couple seasons oh, yeah i'm telling look I don't know how much more clearly I can I say it, oh, but know. Legends is my favorite, and I think that you would really enjoy it. I know. Um, yeah, uh, yeah. His his whole storyline with that has been fantastic, and that kind of really great um, subversive inclusivity moment, like representation sort of thing of like. Mick doesn't care about gender identities and stuff. Like he just he just wants to write his smutty romance novels. And uh, and if you want to call him Rebecca, yeah, he's Rebecca. That's it's all good. Um, I I like that. It's it's fun. Uh, anyways, it's it's a fun show, and so I do like I like that the Bebo selfie thing was cool because I love Brandon Ralph's character <laughs> yeah. as well. Like all that stuff. So you know, 
there's there's some nice moments in there and it's like what am i i don't know what i was expecting it's i think because for me the episode with the um like basically the episode that dealt with like the evil versions of um like supergirl and all like the one with like the like the red red earth and and earth you know, x the, the nazi yeah, one yeah, yeah the nazi one the the one that dealt with nazis was so like important it was like important storytelling the stakes were real it was about real humanity things like no crossovers since then have lived up to what i wanted a crossover to be like i wanted it to be a story that like mattered and i guess for me like it's like they wiped they really were serving a purpose of wiping out the universe so that they could just bring them all together which is fine but the but the the stakes of it weren't quite there for me like it wasn't I don't know. I was. I missed. I missed the like humanity and the connection. And it might just be because they were trying to put pull so many different, put so many different things together. They um, they, they wanted to do uh, an end game, right? Like yeah. I think I think that ultimately, yeah. like I mean, even Mark Guggenheim in interviews has referenced end game a lot, mm-hmm. which tells me that like that's what they were going for. Mm-hmm. Um, and he says it in the context of like, look, we didn't have the budget of end game. And it's right. like, okay, so you're, by saying that, you're comparing this to Endgame. Yeah. Um, and, and, and I think it is a fair comparison. I think that what they attempted to do was on the same level. But, yeah. I mean, but um, not the same level. It was on a parallel at a different level. Yeah. If that yeah. makes more sense. Uh, like, they were, they were trying to accomplish the same task. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that in some respects they did a really good job of that. But in other respects, like the reason why Endgame works is because at the end of the day, it's actually a story about one character, right? Like like Endgame is about Tony Stark. Um, that's, that's because you like Tony Stark the most. I've actually been thinking about this a lot yeah. recently. And like every time I think about... Um, I think it's mostly it's just because Captain America is like, I freaking love Captain America. Mm-hmm. And that like in the same way that like everybody likes Batman, but I like Superman. And I feel like everybody likes Iron Man, but I like Captain America. Mm-hmm. And I feel so like for you, it is about Tony. And I'm not saying that it's not about Tony Stark. I'm just saying you think it's about Tony Stark. <laughs> I also love Captain America though. But like I mean like I do love Tony Stark more, but yeah. but I do think like like ultimately that that movie like it, like there is important cap stuff in it. Obviously, it's the end of his story as well. Mm-hmm. But um but I think because Tony Stark is the one who started the story. It's exactly the same as as Crisis is to the Arrowverse, right? Ollie started the story and then everybody else spun off out of that. And so he finishes his story in a way that irrevocably changes the status quo of that world moving forward. And um, in a same, in the same way, Tony started the story and then, and then it comes full circle with his sacrifice at the end of Endgame. Um, But Endgame was focused. <laughs> Endgame was was like laser focused, I think, on that, um, and and the supporting but, cast moments, I uh, I thematically all kind of revolve around that same sort of thing. And every all four of the Avengers have 
like the main Avengers have their, I I mean, they, they kind of treat it like it's the three main Avengers, but, um, they all kind of have their moments in, in the time travel stuff of like, of, of learning more about themselves and then coming back as different, different heroes in order to fight Thanos. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I like, like, no, I know, but I think for, for what is the big difference for me is that Endgame was so planned yeah. As a story, like it was a it was a culmination of this earned narrative, and the the problem with with the Arrowverse is that, and I mean not not necessarily a problem. It's it's just the the part of the medium they're telling television stories, right? And mm-hmm. like there's only so much forethought you yeah. can put into a television series. They write them week to week. Like you go into production immediately. Yeah. You're 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 handcuffed by so many extraneous factors that they are doing their best with what they with what they have and I do think that they did a, a really good job of of being able to pull off what they pulled off was yeah. quite phenomenal. And I will say, I think I, like, I think I mentioned that like Nate was on set the one day and they were like reaching the end of the day and they'd been there for 14 hours and they were like, great, this is the last shot that we're doing of legends. And then they got to the end of the shot and they're like, okay, okay, okay. Everybody just stand by. We now got to get this shot for Batwoman. And they're like, what are you talking about? It's so, so they like crammed all this stuff in and like, I don't know. I just think it was really cool that they were able to do that. Mm-hmm. I I actually enjoyed some of the Batwoman stuff more than I thought I would. Like the that Batwoman episode was all right of Crisis, um, but I do think I think overall I was angry with the way that Oliver died. Like that is, and I just I don't know how else they could have done it without completely changing like what the story was. So I get it, but like I just think he could have had a better death. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, the episode. You mean like his final death? Any death, both the death, either death. Sure. I don't know. Well, because one happens off screen, and then the other yeah. one is just beams of light. Yeah. Um, and then he's dead. I don't know. Kind and, of also and, happens off screen. And also, like, I hate the Lazarus Pit as a concept to begin with. Hmm. So the fact that you're using the Lazarus Pit again, the only saving grace of the Lazarus Pit Pit is that it brought us. Um, I don't, I don't know what Lucifer's actor's name is, but it brought him, and that's a feat in of itself as well to be able to like sneak in all these people that are here filming in Vancouver and like throw them into shows. I don't know. It was pretty cool, but mm-hmm. I don't know. There's there's a lot. There's a lot that happened. We're reaching the end. I'm excited for next week's episode. I'm I, I'm pleased that the crisis happened. That this. Uh, yeah, it, the the net result of of the this crossover. I don't particularly like this crossover. I I really I do still really like the Earth X crossover. I think that that one uh, it was just it was just a solid narrative from start to finish mm-hmm. um, over those four episodes. Like you could watch it as a movie. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, for sure. I but this one it's like it's so disjointed and it's kind of all over the place just like last year's was um and it's got highs and lows in it but it's but it was fun overall and the net result of all of our heroes being on one earth now mm-hmm. is worth it yeah because yeah, yeah. um that's just that's a much better place to be in from a storytelling perspective so moving forward instead of big crossovers that have to be like interdimensional threats, right? It had to be like earth X wanted to take over everything. They wanted to, to destroy 
and take over all of the multiverse or whatever. And then, and then, you know, the book of destiny was going to rewrite the multiverse and then the anti-monitor is going to destroy the multiverse. That's the only way that you can get Supergirl into the crossover because a, her power level and B she's on another earth. So they had to keep doing that. Now that everybody's together, crossovers can be Supergirl needs help fighting a villain that's maybe smarter than any of them. So, okay, I'm going to call it Batwoman because she's a she's a problem-solver detective and I'm a punch yeah. things until they stop moving, right? Like so we can start to see the dynamic of the of different characters coming together and that's what that's I said this on the 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 live show as well. I don't want to see crossovers. I just want to see Brave and the Bold stuff. Brave and the Bold was a comic that every issue was a different team up. So you'd get uh, then the interesting ones are the ones where you get two characters who you would never expect to see together. And when they, they relaunched Brave and the Bold a few years ago um, and did it, they did it as like a mini series. I think it was like six issues. There's an issue where it's Aquaman teams up with the demon Etrigan who like nobody even knows who the demon Etrigan is unless you know who the demon Etrigan is. He was a play DC card game because he's totally in it. And I totally know who the demon Etrigan is. And he deals with occult stuff. He's more on like the Constantine side of things. Even he's even kind of wackier than the Constantine aspect. Um, And he always speaks in rhyming verse. (laughs) <laughs> like that's that's Etrigan's thing. And it's this ridiculous crossover between Aquaman who like this is like before uh, before the DCEU stuff started to morph Aquaman into this other character. Um uh, and I uh, uh, so he was still like orange fish scales and green tights and and that sort of thing. Um and it's actually like I I don't have any other issues from that from that run of brave and the bold. I have that one because it's so good. Like I, I, somebody was like, Oh, you got to read this and lent it to me. And then I went and bought my own copy of it. Cause I was like, this is something that I want to read every so often. Um, and it's right. in my collection cause it's so good. So that's, that's the kind of stuff I want to see. I want to see, um, uh, Nate on the, on the, uh, the, the, the crossover live show, uh, brought up a really cool concept that um, Barry grew up uh, uh, with um, with the 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 West, right? And this, he, so he grew up with a black family, even though he's a white guy, right? Now, uh, granted, like he was he was a little bit older, but then like he still like that is an experience that he has mm-hmm. in this universe, and he's always kind of on the lookout for another father figure right like and and they keep dying on him so spoilers for flash but they just they just keep dying on him and now i i uh, jefferson i the black lightning he's in the same universe as them and they like he shoots lightning barry throws lightning when he runs really fast like there's a there's so many things there's an aesthetic thing that crosses them over um, but then there's also like this thematic thing that, that you could do something really fun with. So it's things like that, that not, not everybody's going to think of at first blush that, that like, that's where we're at now. And that's what could be really cool. 
is mm-hmm. getting getting team ups between these characters that we don't expect. Having a side character from Flash go over to Supergirl for an episode to hang out with them because they need to solve a problem. So like Caitlin goes over because because it's a fire bad guy, so they need Killer Frost, right? Like just just doing stuff like that that could be really fun instead of you know blowing budgets on big crazy crossovers. That's fun too, but. Maybe we'd be a little bit more character centric and and uh, and do stuff that way. One can hope. The other thing they really need to do is they've got too many shows and they need to reduce everything to thirteen episode <laughs> orders and tighter storytelling. Just stop it with the with the nonsense and dragging out stories. Thirteen episodes, get it done, and then move on to the next thing. But anyways, they're not going to do that. But I really wish they would. It's okay. We have Disney Plus and and DC Universe for that type of storytelling. Um, and that's why I'm not going to continue doing Quiver if Green Arrow and the Canaries gets picked up. I'm going to leave that to you. And uh, and I'm going to step away. Because uh, mm-hmm. I'm going to talk about okay. Marvel. All the stuff other things. And, stuff. Yeah. and Star okay. Wars. But yeah. Anything else? Did I miss anything? I don't think so. I think we talked, we have, there is, as I tweeted as we've been podcasting, where I realized that there is literally now at least five hours of us talking about this crisis on the internet. About the crisis, yeah, yeah, We both were, like, I was in the first live stream with DCTV, you were in the second live stream with DCTV, both of those were about two hours. We've now been podcasting for about an hour. We're, we actually didn't say this, but I I don't know, do you think people know that we're podcasting not in the same house? I don't know. Yeah, I'm because just, the audio quality is going to be very different. Oh, sorry, everybody. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. it's like, it's Snowpocalypse in Vancouver. And I realized actually some people are calling it Snowbageddon. I feel like I used the wrong hashtag this morning when I talked about it. But like, I'm so pleased that this worked out to podcast remotely today. Because I, I we we planned to, well, actually, let's pull back the curtain all the way. <laughs> Last week, we did an episode of Thunderquack. At the yeah. end of that, I was like, cool, so we're going to podcast next week. And Amanda goes, wait, what? <laughs> I was so upset. It was so upsetting. Because of the crossover. And I'm like, well, we're not going to miss an episode of Arrow. We have an episode of Quiver for every single episode of the series. I'm not going to stop doing that two episodes from the end of the show. Like, and I was like, but they've got the live streams. They can just listen to those. And I, and I, I corrected you and said, and last year we had the live stream and we still recorded an episode. I don't know if we did. We, I don't know. I don't remember that. I blocked it from my memory. I but don't it, care if you remember it. You can literally just go into the feed and see that there's an episode. So, um, like, everybody is welcome. You're all welcome for that extra thunderquack because I will say I would not have volunteered. It wouldn't have happened. <laughs> I, um, I know but it's just but then so Mike so was like what my, if we do yeah. it remotely my solution That's- was we're not gonna just watch this episode yeah because okay. of what it is because it's yeah. it's one part of a five-parter yeah. um so let's let's just talk about all of them and not do our regular kind con- because one of the reasons to be in the same room is because it's easier to do a watch along if we're yeah. not having to coordinate although we did pull it off for that one episode um but yeah, I. Uh, but we'll be back to our normal shenanigans next week because the rain's gonna wash away all the snow. So it did end up snowing like crazy, and and it was not only did it snow like crazy because I think people go like, oh, Vancouver can't handle a little bit of snow because if you're from like the the middle of oh, yeah. North America or no, further north, you're like, you guys suck. You're yep. you're lame. 
Um, it's not just that it was that it's a ton of snow. First of all, it's over a foot. So the for Vancouver, that's ridiculous. Yeah, that's so much snow, yeah. Um, this it has this hasn't happened in probably almost like fourteen years. Yeah. Uh, the other thing is that it has been like minus nine, minus ten, yeah, in Vancouver. That has not happened the entire time that, like, since I've moved back to Vancouver. Yeah. Um, It's gross. It's so gross and cold. It's so cold outside for us. Um, And because we're on the coast, it's very wet. It's a very cold. So I. It's a wet cold, yeah. I'm very curious because yesterday uh, when I was coming home, I was catching the train and and I saw that uh, the. uh, circus was set up at at um I like like uh, uh, oh, between between <laughs> between Main Street and and um oh the one downtown and stadium. Like the, Cir- the Cirque du Soleil circus no 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 no, no. like like the like like uh, like trailers like ah, like okay. circus for a production oh, circus for a production oh yeah oh films were were hell the last couple of days so was, that's yeah. that's Flash. That's where they set up when they well, shoot downtown. Yeah. So that means that Flash was shooting yeah. downtown last night because oh, yeah. they were oh. set up for a night hey. shoot. Yeah, no, dude. I, I was supposed to meet with on – when was it? Tuesday. Yeah, yesterday. I was totally supposed to meet with um, Steve and Julie to talk about her stuff, but Steve is like – I think he's like the LM or ALM or mm-hmm. Office PA. So he's something on the Flash, and they were so far behind that he couldn't even make it. Like she called yeah. me at 9 o'clock, and she's like – they are just dealing with snow. So, yeah. It, yeah. They, so they I, were doing like outdoor stuff in the snow. I wouldn't be surprised if productions were shut down today. Oh. Because people but just can't get anywhere in this city. So, there so. was like a clinic downstairs from where I work was like, we're sorry. Nobody could make it into work today. We're closed. Like, that's just. That's yeah. just what kept happening everywhere. Yeah, so it was crazy. So, yeah. uh, so that yeah, it it worked out very well. Every everything will be fine. But by next week, it's supposed to get back up to like seven degrees, which yeah. is what we expect in January. Yeah, um, and I mean, I will say, I understand that there are crazy wildfires in Australia right now, and in Alberta, it's minus thirty-seven. So there are weather extremes other places. Yep. And we're sorry that that is happening everywhere else, but we are also part of that right now yep. in Vancouver. And like, that's why it, it's called it climate change and yeah. not global warming. Yeah. Uh, but uh, anyways, anyways, let's save that for a Thunderquack podcast. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you guys for listening. Uh, as always, you can stay up to date with all the latest Arrow news by heading to quiverpodcast.com. You can follow us on facebook twitter instagram at quiver podcast you can also follow us individually um on twitter i'm at a conkin a-k-o-n-k-i-n you can add an 86 to that for instagram and uh, we're a part of the dctv podcast network head to dctvpodcast.com to check out all the other great podcasts in that network and uh, you guys know we're also a part of the thunderquack podcast network head to thunderquack.com for more great podcasts over there including the thunderquack podcast which um in a few weeks will be in full swing uh, and uh, we'll be on our regular schedule and everything. Um, speaking of which, uh, if you like what you hear on Thunderquack, you can uh, support us in two ways. First, by going to store.thunderquack.com to pick up some merchandise. And second, by going to patreon.com slash Thunderquack and kicking in with your monthly pledge of support. So previously it's been like we've had all sorts of uh, tiers and stuff own. like that. You missed yourself. Oh, did I miss myself? Arkwolf, yeah. A-R-K-W-U-L-F, Instagram, Twitter. Um, <laughs> Sorry. Whatever. Yeah. I, 
so things are going to be switching up for Thunderquack, and I, uh, all of the podcasts on the network are going to be ad supported soon um, over uh, like the next few months. As as because I, we have to actually like move them into the new into to, like to a new um, service. So mm-hmm. that means we got to move them and then we got to update them. So for some of the podcasts, that's a lot of work because oh, yeah. for this one, for example, I think we're at like 170 something episodes. So um, woohoo! Yeah, it's going to take a long time to update all that stuff. But uh, I, I soon enough, everything will will have ads on it. Um, but uh, one of the things that you'll get over on Patreon is that you can you'll be able to get the Thunderquack podcast without ads, um, and you'll also be able to get it early, and you'll also be able to get it extended. Um, so yeah, look forward to all of that stuff uh, over on Patreon.com/slash/Thunderquack because when Arrow is done. I uh, I won't be on Quiver anymore. Hopefully, Green Arrow and the Canaries gets picked up, and Amanda's gonna carry the torch with a new crew. Um, but uh, but if what you want to hear is Amanda and I talk about the snow and then complain about climate change and people not doing anything about it, and then talk about uh, the Democratic debate and mm-hmm. uh, and all this sort of stuff and, and the Witcher and the Witcher. <laughs> I, I, well, the geeky stuff is a given. It's all of that other stuff. Um, oh, right. Yeah, that's fair. That people might miss. <laughs> people don't want, <laughs> except if you want it. I, I, that's the place where you're going to be able to find it is over on thunderquack.com. Uh, actually, you'll be able to find all the podcasts on thunderquack.com by the time we're done. But, yeah. Um, yeah. I, that's it. Uh, we will be back next week for the episode. Green Arrow and the Canaries. Stay sharp, Arrowheads. headspace because I um have started this thing and you know it's happened twice so I feel like that counts as sort of like a a trend Mm -hmm. but I've I'm trying in the new year to not watch television on Mondays like that just being a thing it's not like I'm like turning off my screens or anything it's just literally do something different than come home and watch television because that's like what I do every single day so I've now done it for two Mondays in a row and the first Monday let me tell you I like cleaned my entire stove and like emptied out my cupboards (laughs) like it was so good anyways so i did it again yesterday but um or on monday this week and um but but i i basically because i knew it was coming this monday 
I spent the whole weekend watching television. Like I watched a Korean drama and I was like, oh my God, I have to finish it on Sunday because I can't watch it on Monday. And um, like it wound up being okay because it actually was only 16 episodes and I thought it was 19 episodes. So when I got to the 16th episode and it was done, it was like great. I didn't have to stay up to like midnight watching it. But but then I sort of went through this weird like withdrawal period on Monday where I like feel like felt like I should be watching more. And I, anyways, long story short, right before... I started podcasting with you right now. I decided to start another Korean drama and it's one that I thought didn't exist because I've been looking at for looking for it for a long time, but I thought it was called Goblin and it's not. It's called Guardian the something something of lonely <laughs> gods. I don't know. And so it was like a thing that I was like looking everywhere for it and I couldn't find it. And then finally I like I realized that I was just looking for the wrong name. So anyways, I'm in a really weird headspace where I'm like in the middle of a Korean drama right now in my head. So I just wanted to like let you like prep you for that. When... You're you're not caught up on anything but Arrow. <laughs> you know what? You know what? <laughs> but yeah. you're crushing Korean dramas <laughs> like nobody's business. Oh, oh my god, so so crushed. Yes, nice. It was good. Um, it was a yeah. It was a it, I don't know. It, well, oh, oh, I know why. It's always, you know what? I blame Netflix fully, a hundred percent. Netflix mm-hmm. is is the reason why I'm like this because they were the ones that first recommended that I watch Boys Over Flowers, and that was the first Korean drama I ever watched. And ever since then, they're, they've kind of been like, "Hey, we know, we know you want to watch these things." So, so they keep recommending the like new Korean drama that's out called Crash Landing into You. And so finally, I gave up, and I was like, "Fine, I'll watch this Korean drama." And of course, I love it, and it actually has one of my favorite Korean actors in it. I didn't realize he was in the show, but what I didn't realize, sneaky little Netflix, is that it's a it's a weekly release show. So I'm only there's only like six episodes on <laughs> it. So I was like, de- I was like so like like bereft and like empty because it ended. But it was, it's a drama that takes place in North Korea and, like, with North Korean soldiers. And so I was, like, I really was, like, in a military mood. And so I finally watched Descendants of the Sun, which is it's really highly rated. But it, it's totally, like, mili- it's like a military – it's, like, it's kind of like MASH. It's like a military, like, doctor mashup. But obviously not like MASH because MASH is old and probably has very little romantic uh, interest Korean kind of drama in it. But – Anyway, so then I watched Descendants of the Sun to try to, like, tide me over for this Netflix drama. But then I realized the Netflix drama actually comes out every weekend. There's two episodes a weekend. So, anyways, that's my, like, Korean drama woes at the moment. I'm sorry that I'm not caught up on anything in the Arrowverse. That, that's okay. <laughs> uh, it's funny that you're like, well, it's not like MASH because that's, like, a, a, it's because it's a Korean drama. It's like, well, MASH, I'm pretty sure that is the Korean War, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It takes place during the Korean War. So, MASH is a Korean drama. <laughs> um, Crazy. I, I have, um, to be honest, I don't think I've ever watched a single episode of MASH. And I feel like I would probably enjoy it, but I don't know. Yeah, I don't know how well it would hold up in terms of, like, um, problem problematization. Because oh. uh, uh, I think that at the time, uh, it, was, uh, it was a very different thing. I've watched the movie like the film mash. Um, and I've definitely watched an episode here or there cause it was difficult to avoid in our, in our, uh, uh, early childhoods. Um, cause it was just on TV all the time. It was like, you'd just be flipping the stations and it'd be like reruns of mash or cheers. Um, I mean, cause, fair. Yeah. cause <laughs> they were the two biggest shows. Like when we were, I would MC. say like under eight. Yeah. Um, 
They were I like guess. the two biggest ones in the world. So I, but yeah, I mean like the movie is fantastic. The the movie is really great. But again, it's a it's a movie from the seventies about a war uh, a, a couple of decades before that. Right. right? Um, right. okay. Or like a decade. When does the Korean War take place? I guess in the in the nineteen fifties. I I want to I want to say fifties too because I feel like it was right hot off the heels of the of World War Two because it was like mm-hmm. all about communism. Mostly, I feel. Yeah. So. Um, this, is this is something that a quick Google can can solve. And yeah, I'm, I, I'm yeah, trying. Like I've got Google open and I'm looking and and yeah, and, nineteen fifty. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, I, 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 it's, I'm, I, so I'm sure that MASH is just full of all sorts of, uh, racist, uh, guaranteed homophobic, um, uh, uh, you know, like, I mean, all of the phobics, uh, <laughs> I won't list them just because yeah, yeah. that's a little bit crass, but I guarantee that it's just full of all of that sort of stuff, misogyny and, um, and all of that, but I, you know, it's a time capsule of a show, right? Oh, so, yeah. I mean, yeah, for sure. I, uh, that is so, I, okay. Now I feel like, like an ignorant, like, I don't know. I feel like there's no way that the Descendants of the Sun series isn't supposed to be a take on the Korean War, except like, because it takes place in a fictional country, like they go to Uruk. Um, but it's like a Korean, like a Korean military unit and then a Korean, like, a, like volunteer hospital, basically, that go and set up in this like war torn, like what's supposed to be kind of like a. It's a, it's like a field so hospital. Yeah. Yeah. It's a field hospital. So it is MASH. But it's not, it's not a field hospital. It's for it's for not just for army people. Like it's not okay. it's not like for army people. It's for um like just for the country. Like it's like a volunteer oh, okay. hospital okay. basically. So um but it's like, ma- the- that's mash adi- adjacent then. Yeah, it's very mash adjacent. <laughs> and now that I'm I like I just that's I didn't so feel funny. like mash, it's just mash is such an important part of like pop culture that you can't like mm. avoid like knowing the references of mash being like a you know a surgical drama during war. But I didn't I had no idea it was the Korean War. Anyways. Anyways, if people are interested in, it's the first Korean drama I've ever watched where um, the drama wasn't because people were stupid and didn't talk to each other. It's because they were literally like in the middle of, like you know, oh, like, a war, a war. <laughs> <laughs> so, which was which was kind of nice and nice and refreshing. Um, cool. Well, I mean, like I, I I'm probably equally in a weird headspace because uh, I've been trying to catch up on Titans because Superboy is in season two, Ooh. so. So I kind of want to like I was like okay I finished a bunch of other stuff I I've, I've got space on the on the queue right now let's power through season one of Titans um, so I can get to season two and see if it's if it's any better than I felt about season one and the episode the next episode that I watched of Titans which I think was like the fifth episode uh, I was all of a sudden like oh oh, this show's actually pretty good. <laughs> um, the first few episodes I did not like. I was, I swear, like, the pilot I definitely didn't like. Like, I was like, this is dumb. This is edgy for edgy's sake. Like, it's just like, oh, Superman, or it's not Superman, uh, Robin drops F-bombs. And I don't know if I'd like that. I don't like the characterization of Dick Grayson in, in or it, at least in the first few episodes. And I feel like okay. in, the, in the Jason Todd episode, they actually start to get it. Um, cause what'll happen is a lot of people our age, they didn't grow up with Dick Grayson 
as Robin, they actually grew up with with Tim Drake yeah. as Robin in the comics, and then even like a, like a lot of the animated series stuff. Did um, they not watch Batman versus Robin? <laughs> I like it. It, it like the, a lot of stuff was informed by Tim Drake that that character's existence, and Tim is my favorite Robin. Mm. Um, so like like when I see his character traits being placed on uh on on dick i i get i get a little bit like it ruffles my feathers a little bit um and then they were also throwing in a healthy dose of jason todd because he was throwing so in in titans his little r pops off and it becomes a shuriken like a ninja star oh, and like like how batman has batarangs but right. robin has this pointy r that he can i guess throw at bad guys and in this universe, it's perfectly acceptable for Robin, Dick Grayson, who is also a Detroit detective, to throw his R into the eyeball of one of the guys that he's fighting, which is like a 100% Jason Todd thing to do and not a Dick Grayson thing to do. Um, because Dick is actually supposed to be kind of like the most sensitive and... Um, I, I, you know, touchy feely of of the the four of them, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but then, like, as you go later on in the series, you discover that, like, oh, actually, that's why he stopped being Robin. Right. So in the in in the comics, and the, and this is like the, it's just, it's a different take, and 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 I had to kind of wrap my head around it. But in the comics, Dick decides to stop being Robin because he's like, I'm a grown man. <laughs> <laughs> and like I'm be like I'm growing up and I I, I want to like make a name for myself and go out on my own. Um it's not anything against Batman. It's just like I'll always be in the shadow of the bat if I stay in Gotham and right. I continue to use the name Robin. And the person that he actually talks to about this is Superman. And Superman's the one who's like do it. Like, if that's what you need to do, he's like, I left Smallville and went to Metropolis because I had to, like, because, like, I know he's Batman, but Bruce is your dad. Like, you need to go to college, basically, right? Like, that's kind of like the conversation that they had. And when, and when Dick was like, well, I need a new, I don't want to be Robin anymore. I need a new thing. And, and Superman goes, well, on Krypton, there are these these stories, these the 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 uh, this almost like a legend about these two heroes, Nightwing and Flamebird. Um, you're you you've been Robin. Why don't like you could you could be Nightwing, and that's where the name Nightwing comes from. Like Superman gives it to him. Oh, and and it like this is all relevant to a Superman fan because Dick, out of all of the Robins, is the one who actually likes Superman, <laughs> right? Like he like. He right. actually like there it's sort of uh, at the same time in the comics there's a bit of a through line of like he really like admired Superman because he spent all of his time with Batman so he's like yeah Batman whatever he's mm-hmm. Batman right it's not exciting if you're Robin <laughs> right but here's Superman who's an alien from another planet that can lift mountains and fly around the sun and do all these crazy things. So it was always like, oh, yeah, the team ups were always really cool because I get to hang out with Superman. So he like looked up to Superman as like cool uncle. Right. right. 
so that that dynamic, that relationship between those two characters has always been something that I've like like kind of cherished, right? So you get into into this one and it's much it's a very different thing of like Batman is a jerk. Batman is like skirting the edge of being a supervillain basically, like of being a fascist totalitarian superhero. Um in Titans in Titans, yeah, it's like, like it's all subtext. They don't, they don't come right out and say this, but basically, like Gotham is a horrible place because the only criminals willing to go to Gotham are the ones who will murder, and like who are willing to go right. up against this Batman because the Batman right. will like he'll he'll throw a batarang in your face and cripple you for the rest of your life. Right, right. right? Like uh, when Jason Todd shows up, he's like he talks about how Batman teaches them. That, like, you don't stop until the enemy is down. Right. Like, you you, you go. Like, you, and, and, like, if they get back up, you hit them until they stop. Yeah. And there's a lot of, like, they get to a safe house and there's a painting of Machiavelli. And, and, uh, and like, you get, you just get all this environmental storytelling of, like, this idea, like, this is a very different Bruce. Right. Like, he is not... Like he is the Dark Knight. He's not Batman. He's not the Caped Crusader. Like he's very much just all of the negative aspects of that character. And the reason why is to inform this Dick Grayson character and uh, who he is as as the leader of the Titans. So Dick was like, he he talks about it a lot in the first few episodes of like he started to notice that he was willing to cross that line too, and that that in fact like he he was capable of going even further in some instances and he was scared of that and that's why he left so i'm right. like okay very different way to get there but like you but it still gets there um still there are a lot of tim drake elements in his character and him using the bow staff really bothers me but cuz that cuz each one of them kind of has a signature weapon but whatever right. um But like, so like I kind of had to get over some of that stuff, but I actually do really like the, the, the character that they're building with, with Dick halfway through the season. Um, And when they bring in Jason Todd to kind of juxtapose that, and it's almost like he kind of, when he finally sees like himself in this, in this other kid, he he really starts to understand like how far he had gone from who he was and, right. and all that. So it's uh yeah, I feel like they, they kind of, they kind of figured it out part way through. So I'm actually really enjoying Titans as you can tell. <laughs> <laughs> and it's a much better show than arrow, um, which Andy will be very pleased and chagrined to hear and, me say and, that. Yeah. yeah. But at the same time, it's not necessarily like I want to finish season one because I want to get to season two, and to get to Wonder Girl and and Superboy. Um. But again, it's like Wonder Girl, okay, but it's going to be Donna Troy Wonder Girl. But a lot of the sort of visual cues that they're using are the Cassie Sandsmark Wonder Girl, and again, that's going to ruffle my feathers because <laughs> I don't care about Donna Troy Wonder Girl. I care about. You're saying so many words Cassie. that I don't know. <laughs> but anyways, it's, uh, Donna Troy is Wonder Woman's sister. Okay. And she becomes Wonder Girl. And this is all like sort of Silver Age comics stuff. Um, but then in like the late 90s, early 2000s, they introduced Cassandra Sandsmark 
uh, who who becomes Wonder Girl, um, kind of for different reasons, like uh, very, through a very different different thing, and takes on the moniker. Um, and I love that character, I, I, which people should probably notice because we actually named Cassie partially after that character. Well, That's where the name came from. So, I uh, because we've got Supergirl and Wonder Girl. So cute. Um. So yeah, it, it's I'm gonna ha- I'm pr- I feel like I'm gonna have to deal with the same thing again <laughs> going into season two, but I'll get there. But at the same time, like at the same time that I'm like, oh, it's it's, it's a much better show than Arrow. I mean that in terms of like the acting is better, the the cinematography is better, the writing is better, but it's not like I enjoy it more than I enjoy arrow. They're, they're about on the same level. There are as many things in Titans that, that drive me nuts as there are in arrow. Um, there's still, neither one is still the show that I want to watch. It's just like, <laughs> right. That's where I'm at right now. Fair. Um, but legends is back. And so I'm happy about that. And I'm actually going to try and stay current Woo. with legends this season because we'll talk about it when we get into the proper episode but like that was just so much fun i had so much fun last night watching that um so i'm just excited for that to be to be back um to actually have a superhero show that's doesn't take itself too seriously because all these other shows take themselves so seriously it's like get over it like you're you like you're the characters in these shows have ridiculous superpowers. Yeah. Acknowledge it. Don't don't just pretend like it's real. Um anyways. I uh, yeah. Do you want to get into the actual episode of Quiver? Yeah. <laughs> That'd be good. Arrow. Okay. We're not we're not watching anything cuz there's like no. five episodes, right? Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're going to watch all five 44-minute episodes and recap them right I now. Know. I don't know. <laughs> It's 9.39 as we <laughs> finish the post-show and go. It's a pre-post-show, but whatever. Um, yeah, okay. 